Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football. What up, Montana? Back in the saddle. Happy to be back. Hope everybody had a great long weekend. A ton of stuff happened over the weekend. That's a good thing for us because we have a ton to talk about today on Nuanas Now. You're listening to 1029 ESPN Missoula, or maybe you're watching in SWX Montana television around the great state of Montana. My good buddy Sean Rainey looking mighty fine in that ESPN Montana hat. He's back in the saddle with me. Company man. Excited to have Sean back. He's from SWX Montana television, of course. You already knew that. Uh, But a lot to get to today, including here in about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by one of the great athletes in the state of Montana this year for our senior spotlight, Noah Borchard. He is a... Now graduated senior from Huntley Project. He just signed with Colorado earlier this week. So Noah will join us here in about, oh, eight, ten minutes as part of our Senior Spotlight Series, highlighting some of the best male and female athletes from across the state of Montana. This is our first featuree from the Senior Spotlight that hasn't been from Missoula. I like getting the Missoula kids in here just because it provides a good TV element. There's It's a lot easier to do interviews in person as well. And, quite frankly, some of the best athletes in the state of Montana this year we're from the Garden City. So we'll talk to Noah here in just a little while. Great story of perseverance for him, a guy that was 
had one of the great track resumes that the, the state has seen in recent years, was in the mix to be uh, the state record holder in the 400 and the 110 hurdles, excuse me, as well as the high jump. And uh, then he popped his hamstring at the Class B state meet, but still managed to get himself a couple individual state titles. So we'll look forward to hearing from Noah. And then I guess, like I said, last week he signed with Colorado as well. So uh, he bounced back in a big way. Sean and I are also going to talk about his opinions on the name, image, and likeness. This is the number one talking point for anybody that covers college sports right now. I know Sean got a chance to watch the match yesterday. Full disclosure, I did not watch a single second of it. I was on air doing this show because <laughs> of life circumstances right now. I no longer have a roommate, and I it was the long weekend, and so I don't... Uh, have internet or television or cable or anything <laughs> at my house. So I know way to watch it. So uh, Sean will give us all the way filled in on the match yesterday in Big Sky uh, between Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau, who took down Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Also got some trivia for you about 445. It is a Wednesday, so that means it's a wing it Wednesday. So we have a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I got NBA and baseball trivia for you. Sean will have your lifelines. I even threw in a question in there that I know Sean will have the answer to. So you, I know you have at least one answer right. So be sure to give us a call. By the way, if you want to be involved in the show, 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Top of the hour, excited about this. It's one of the most interesting parts about getting a little bit older is then all of a sudden, especially when you're in your home state like I am in the state of Montana here, now guys that work in the sports world that have stayed in the sports world start to get big-time jobs in the sports world. Well, one of the guys that I played against most frequently in my life, and when you grow up in Missoula, you're you know AAU or youth football or baseball, whatever, you're always playing against Helena guys. So a lot of memories playing against Helena guys, especially Helena High guys. Sean Heron, new strength coach for Montana State University for the football team there, the Bobcat football team. He'll join us. But I remember playing against Sean. He was one of the scariest running backs in Class AA, but a great player and now has worked his way up to uh, have a very important job. And so what's that mean for him, his family, taking a job as the strength and conditioning coach specifically for the football team within the head coach leaving uh, less than two months later. So what's that dynamic like? We're going to get into that as well. And then also we did our Treasure State Stars yesterday with about the last two minutes of the show, but I didn't give it enough credence. So we're going to sort of rehash some of the best performances in the state of Montana uh, from the last week and to give those a little bit more shine. A couple of quick hitting pieces of news from over the weekend that were uh, big-time bummer. Bruce Parker and Willie Beeman both passed away over the weekend. They both were 64 years old. Uh, Bruce Parker, a longtime sports information and then athletic director uh, in the state of Montana. He was the SID at Montana State and then went on to become the AD at both Carroll College during their great run uh, in football. And then also helped Rocky Mountain College get the football program back off the ground there in his home city of Billings. Uh, he's been suffering from some kidney stuff that stems from his diabetes the last couple of years. So Bruce passed away over the weekend. I was very sad about that. He, I've worked extensively with Bruce over the years in terms of, I mean, he's just an un- unbelievable resource for interviews and information from around the state. And also he was very involved in the Montana Football Hall of Fame. So uh, Bruce was always excellent to us, awesome to work with. So rest easy to him. And then Willie Beeman, longtime coach of the Missoula Phoenix and also a volunteer high school coach here in the community. I'll always remember him because he got the same name 
as the quarterback from any given Sunday, the Jamie Foxx character. And Willie Beeman, he himself did play in the NFL, a guy that went to UCLA and Boise State, All-American linebacker at Boise State, and a great member of the football community. So both those guys gone too soon. So thoughts to their families for sure because it's a bummer to, to lose loved ones over a celebration-like weekend. But um, regardless, in better news, Martin Martin Iasefo, who is a uh, University of Montana alum and former Missoula maggot, he's on the Olympic rugby team. So got a message into Martin. I don't know where he's at in the world. So I, my text hasn't gone through to him. He might be uh, traveling to Tokyo for all I know. So I uh, want him to get on the show, but maybe it's not going to be in the works until the Olympics. And then probably the last, uh, the big piece of news for Missoulians especially, Lindsey Hall, one of the great athletes to come out of the city of Missoula, female athletes, just athletes in general. Um, she's back in the fold for the University of Montana track team. Lindsey Hall was one of the dominant high school athletes in the state during her time at Missoula Big Sky. Uh, six individual state championships, four more runner-ups. And then at the uh, University of Montana, she was the best multi-athlete for the duration of her career, including finishing with two All-American nods and setting and resetting the women's record in the outdoor uh, heptathlon at the uh, Big Sky Conference Championship. So Lindsey Hall back in the fold. For the Grizz, Rain Man. I feel like you haven't been on the show in a long time. What's going on, dude? Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. What are you disappointed? In? I'm a little disappointed because two <laughs> two weeks ago when I was on, yep, I said that I wasn't gonna come on until Tommy watched The uh, Departed. Yep, and I didn't come on last week, not because of that, just a little busy, and. Um, and I'm back two weeks later, and Tommy still hasn't watched The Departed. So, Sean, I'm a little it's nothing personal. You know? I've just been busy too, man. Mm-hmm. By the time I get in front of the TV, I've got Bachelor's, you know, episodes to catch up oh on. <laughs> I can't be playing around with all these movies. See, this is where Sean doesn't realize. I think he actually does realize how blessed he is. Uh, his wife is not into those sorts of things, and so therefore he does not have to obligatory watch the Bachelor like Tommy. Whereas Tommy is a good boyfriend, so he does it, you know. But. Oh no! I'm Thank watching God it for you me. Don't have See, to. I'm also <laughs> he's watching it for oh, him. It's the greatest entertainment, dude. And my job, though, like I'm really I'm not at home in the evenings, so it's kind of hard to mm. uh, you know watch shows with the wifey. You know, a lot of times we're you know catching up later and on the weekends, but then we have kids, and so by the time that they fall asleep, we're just going straight to bed and tired. So, um, but yeah, a little bit, just a little bit disappointed in Tommy. Well, Sean, I'll tell you this: I'll make it up to you. And maybe even I'll watch The Departed twice, just Ooh. so we can really have an in-depth discussion about it. You know, you know what you should do is, have you heard of the, the Rewatchables podcast? No, I have not. You, you get it in your life. It's good. Yeah, right. so like Bill Simmons and company do like a, uh, you know, they totally like analyze and dissect a movie. So you should listen to, you should watch the movie and then listen to the Rewatchables podcast Ooh, on right. The Departed, and then we could talk. I'll and, then, and then I won't, and then I'll be in a better mood. <laughs> Anything <laughs> for you, Randy. Anything for you. No, I'm I'm good, man. We had, yesterday was like a uh, a random like awesome July 6th sports day. Like, it was. There was I, a lot of stuff. Going I know. On. Like I was like flipping. I needed like multiple TVs and stuff because I was totally NBA finals. I was like all into the match, and then the NBA finals was on, and it was awesome. Like yesterday was uh, quite the sports day. It was, and I, I can't wait to get your impressions on the match, which we'll get to here in about oh, 20, 25 minutes. I'll be here in just a quick minute. We're going to be joined for our senior spotlight by Noah Borchardt. He is a recently graduated senior from Huntley Project High School and uh, an outstanding track and field athlete, also an outstanding basketball player who's on his way to Colorado, signed with the Buffs, uh, I guess, 
last week, uh, leading into the holiday weekend. But he was a an outstanding athlete at Huntley who was threatening many uh, all-time state marks and then got hurt at the Class B state meet, which was a bummer for him. But and then his future sort of was hanging in limbo, and now he's going to the Pac-12. So uh, congratulations to Noah. Uh, that's big time for him. It'll be part of our Senior Spotlight series. Our Senior Spotlight features some of the best female and male athletes at the high school level from around the state of Montana. And it's proudly sponsored in part by Palmer's Drug. You go out of your way when it comes to shopping local for food, beer, almost everything in your life. It's one of the parts we love about Montana so much. You should also go out of your way to shop local when you think of your local pharmacy. Palmer's Drug of Missoula is a pharmacist-owned establishment that can take care of all your needs more efficiently than any of the corporate chains. Palmer's is an in-network for all major prescription plans, including Medicaid and Medicare. Palmer's will take care of you on a personal level like you deserve. When you think local, think local pharmacy at Palmer's Drug, located in Southwest Higgins. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey joining me in studio momentarily. Noah Borchardt from Huntley Project will join us. Did you were you around Missoula when Lindsey Hall was here? You were here when she was in college for sure. When she was in college, yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is actually a big time get for Montana for her to return to the track program because I think it's more than anything you have the same sort of Jocelyn Tinkle angle where so many girls from around the state and the region just knew of them and looked up to them as these great athletes. And so just from a recruiting standpoint, I think it's a dynamite hire. But also, I mean, Lindsey Hall is the multi-events coach. She's one of the great multi-events athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference. So uh, I think both her, co- her, her transition into coaching, because she's been at Utah State for three years, uh, as well as then her prestige on the recruiting trail will both pay dividends. Well, I think we hear it all the time when you're talking to a lot of like the college football players or basketball players when they're like, Oh yeah, like you know, my position coach like played in the NFL, so right. I'm definitely gonna listen to him. Like, it just, you just get that extra little level of respect, and so knowing that like Lindsey Hall was the best of the best and and had the success that she did, it's gonna be pretty hard to ignore when she's telling you like, hey, this is this is what you're gonna need to do to get to that level because she did it. So it's just uh, you have that built-in level of of confidence in your coach and respect, knowing that they know what they're talking about. No question, and also. Um Track and field, it's about talent. It's about technique. So if you're at the college level already, you have talent. So then just honing your technique and honing the mentality of when you can peak at the right moment is the key to it all. And, I mean, we saw it this last year. Erica McLeod, who broke some of Lindsey Hall's records, she then moved over to coach at Sentinel, and she coached multiple state champions instantly. I mean, Audrey McElmurray had great talent as well, but sometimes just that extra push of, of what do you do to get ready for a championship meet. I mean, that, that can just be the thing that takes UM athletes over the top. So uh, Montana's track and field program has always been in flux. They don't have the indoor track. Uh, they do have some challenges that they don't really face in other sports compared to the rest of the big sky, but they've always had great multi-athletes. And I think that's partially a credit to Brian Schwain, who was the head coach for 12 years. I mean, he is among the great decathletes in the history of the league. And he coached some of the greatest, like Lindsey Hall and Erica McLeod. So uh, now we'll see. Maybe Lindsey Hall can uh, help this tradition continue. Yeah, they certainly like haven't had the the depth as far as like team wise, but they've had a whole lot of like individual track and field athletes that are right. just like out of nowhere, like bam, like um, and, and amazing athletes. Just not necessarily the uh, you know down the line for team success. Well, it's it's hard. To, it's them. almost impossible to compete in the Big Sky Conference, honestly, from a team perspective, well, especially on the men's side, because. The Big Sky Conference, the the sport, the discipline that the Big Sky Conference is the best at on a national level is men's distance running. Period. And NAU is just always. I mean, the, slay. exactly. The Big yeah. Sky is probably the third best distance running conference in the country. 
behind the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. That's it. And, I mean, Northern Arizona is the best distance running program in America. I mean, they've won like four out of the last five national championships. So competing on the team level is just never going to be realistic because, yeah. I mean, you've got guys that are going to the Olympics at, at NAU. So uh, certainly um, a precarious situation. Speaking of track and field, time now for our senior spotlight featuring Noah Borchardt. He's a recently graduated senior from Huntley Project High School, and uh, he's on his way to Colorado to run track and field for the Buffs. Noah, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? Um, I'm good. You know, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So let's start with the most recent news uh, because I think that's uh, sort of the the crescendo to your story. I know that it was a uh, probably a, a tough ending to your spring because you did have a couple uh, individual performances at the state meet that got you some championships, but also didn't get a chance to compete in some of the events that I think you were absolutely the favorite in and maybe even a chance to set some records in because I know you had a hamstring deal, a hamstring injury, but it comes full circle and now you're headed to Pac-12 to go compete for the Colorado Buffs. So just take us through that element of this thing. Just take us through your recruitment process and and what kind of led you now to head down to Boulder. I mean, it really just started, you know, my dad, been a big supporter of my life and he was able to like email a bunch of coaches he was really the one that got my name out there and he um ended up emailing boulder and they reached back and they were very interested so i mean just from there that's how i got contact and then that was probably mid-season and then ever since then you know i've just kind of built a relationship with the coaches down there and i i really enjoy them so that's just kind of like how the recruitment process went it was pretty straightforward with them no, how how tough was it getting kind of the getting banged up and and not being able to go at full strength and and try and get all the the marks that you've been working you know so hard to get to? I mean, it really it really sucked just knowing that like that whole season and not having the junior season. So I have only had two state track meets, which you know kind of sucks. But it's refreshing knowing that I have four more or five more years of track left, and maybe even some after college depends on how, you know, well it goes. But it's nice knowing that it's not over, but for the time being, it really sucked. Noah Borchard, joining us, part of our senior spotlight here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me, Coulter Nuanas. Let's talk about some of your individual accomplishments this last spring, though, Noah. You were in the mix, flirting with some of the best 110 hurdle times in the history of the state. I know that that state record set by Bradley Graves a couple years ago, a guy that was a Huntley Project product as well, uh, probably would have been in your sights if you would have been able to stay healthy. You also had the outstanding 6'10 high jump during the the Laurel meet there uh, earlier in the spring. What did you do during uh, the last couple years leading into this spring? Because like you said, you, you missed your, you had to miss your junior season because of the pandemic. So how were you able to continue to improve and be knocking on the door of such these great marks coming into your senior year? Uh, most of it, I would just have to give it up to, you know, God-given talent because during quarantine when that all happened, I mean, I, I would be lying to say I was, you know, training every single day. But the day the, the weight room opened and the gym opened, I was in there with my dad and my brother. And, you know, we, we were putting in work, and a lot of my training went towards basketball, but just by playing basketball, you know, you're, you just develop more athleticism, and then I just was able to, you know, take that from basketball, go to track, and then realize that this is the path that, you know, I need to be on, and I, I'm a track athlete over anything else, so. We've seen this in Montana so often. Um, f- football and, and basketball are such big-time sports in the state. 
I know so many kids grow up wanting to be Grizzlies or Bobcats, uh, you know, in one of those two sports. And a lot of times, some of the best track guys gravitate towards then playing in the Big Sky Conference for either the Cats or the Grizz, or, or you know, maybe even competing in the basketball level. And, and oftentimes, you know, you might be able to be an okay football player, okay basketball player, but maybe your best sport is track. So it's interesting to hear you say that you had that realization. You realized that was the, the, the future for you, the, the, the level that you could reach the highest uh, level at to compete. So what went into that realization, though? I mean, how were you able to sort of define for yourself that track and field was the sport where you could go compete in the Power Five at the highest level? I mean, from every single coach that I've talked to in the recruitment process, they've all brought up in three years my junior year Olympic trials. So just that thought in my head, you know, they think I have the potential to do that. I feel like I would, you know, be crazy to throw it away just to try to chase a basketball dream. Because, yeah, basketball and football, they're flashy and they're fun, but you know, track is very fun if you actually give it a chance. It's one of those things you have to, like, dive into a little more than, like, basketball and all that. But it it is very entertaining at the end of the day to me. What, talk about the dynamic of track compared to, you know, playing other sports, especially, like, when you are banged up. Because, like, if you, like, you know, have a sprained ankle or something, you can go out there on the basketball court and, you know, still contribute to the team and, and, get, and end up getting a win. But in, in track when you pull a hamstring or something like that, uh, you can't really necessarily do that because it's, it's all on your shoulders. What, what is that like just as far as kind of the difference as far as being it kind of all on you and um, if you like that compared to maybe a team sport? Yeah, it's very individual versus a team aspect. I mean, in track, since like, it's just fun for me to compete and just, you know, be able to push myself and not, you know, have to worry about, you know, my teammate, which kind of sounds bad, but it is fun just to worry about, like, your own problems in a way. And then in track, that's all you have to do. So I I don't know if that really answered the question that well, but that's kind of what I see it as. I enjoy the individual over the team. Yeah, no, for sure. I got another one for you before Col- Coulter hops in. How many kids were in your graduating class? Uh. I think there were about 50, maybe a little under 50 here. Yeah, so, I mean, Huntley's kind of a, you know, small school, but we get a handful of, of guys coming out of out of your school and going, you know, Division One for a, a variety of, of sports. What What is it about Huntley that kind of produces a lot of, uh, you know, good athletes? Um, I would say it's a combination of just having, you know, really good coaches around, good weight room, and a good strength coach, along with the fact that, you know, a lot of kids from here, you know, like farm kids and all that. So, like, since they were little, you know, they've, like, learned to work hard just, like, in their normal life, and then they translate that to the sports and to the weight room. And I feel like just that mentality that a lot of kids here have is why, you know, so many athletes are produced. Noah Borcher joining us. He's a recently graduated senior from Huntley Project High School, one of the great athletes from the Class B ranks, and one of the great athletes, period, from the state of Montana during his high school career. He's on his way to Colorado to run track for the Colorado Buffs. And Noah, your times particularly, or your marks particularly in the 110 hurdles, the high jump, long jump, are all already uh, college ready. I mean, if you continue to improve, you'll be right there on the on the Pac-12 stage. But what events do they want you to do at Colorado? Are, are they thinking of you as a multi at all, or are you going down there to specifically uh, concentrate on uh, one or two specific events? 
I'm actually lucky because they they're gonna let me decide. And I mean, I haven't made my mind up fully, but I'm leaning a lot towards just trying to see how far I can go in high jump and hurdles, and then maybe down the road if I like, you know, if I peak on those and I can't go any farther, I'll switch to a multi. But for right now, I'm just I'm really gonna focus on high jump and hurdles. Is there some cross training uh, there too for the horizontal jumps and hurdles? It's, it seems as if just my basic knowledge of track and field training that running the hurdles and, and doing any sort of horizontal jump, whether it's a long jump or the triple jump, there might be some cross training there too. Yeah. I'm, I would think it's more of just how, um, how flexible you can be. Cause you know, with like, you got to move up your arms and your legs and your trail legs. I would say flexibility and speed and then also having a good rhythm, but I can see where you're coming from. Cause you do need to be able to like, plant and take off well in hurdles, so that does translate to like the horizontal jumps like you're talking about. How excited are you to go from Huntley Project in your, you know, fifty graduating class to Colorado, a Pac twelve school and just kinda having that, that big life adjustment outside of just uh, you know, being an athlete there? I think it's gonna be great because as much as I love Huntley and as much as I love, you know, the town I'm in I don't always enjoy, you know, being in such a small town all the time. So to go from, you know, my small area to like a bigger area, like not like the size of like LA, but just a bigger area that has like a very home field. I think it's going to like really allow me to like, you know, flourish in not just sports, but like my whole life in general. You mentioned that the coaches have sort of mentioned the, the Olympic trials in three years. Is, is that the goal? Is that your primary goal as you head to Boulder? Uh, yeah, I mean, from like the day I start training, I'm gonna write it somewhere in my dorm room or my apartment. And I'm just gonna be like Olympic trials, and I'm just gonna like look at that and realize that's my goal, and I'm gonna just gonna try to work for that goal as much as I can. Gotta love it. It's an awesome goal. Uh, we're very proud of you here at ESPN Missoula, but also uh, excited for you, man. Because if there was, a, if I could do it all over again, I would love to go to school in Boulder, man. That sounds like a great time to go to school down there, and you'll be competing. And one of the best track and field conferences in the entire country is Noah Borchard. He's from Huntley Project. He's on his way to run track and field for the Colorado Buffaloes. It's part of our Senior Spotlight, presented in part by McElmurray Holmes. Noah, thanks so much for making time for us today, man. And uh, best of luck on your travels. We'll catch up with you throughout your career. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your summer and uh, best of luck with your upcoming chapter. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on here. Noah Borchard. Driven kid, man. He's one of the guys. I've watched him compete. He's one of those guys that when he gets out of the small town environment, like when he gets big time training and big time facilities, it's his his ceiling is crazy. I mean, he said it. he says just it was kind of just God given talent. I mean, the guy six ten high jumper. I mean, a twenty three foot long jumper without really training. He's six seven and he runs the one ten hurdles almost as fast as Gabe Solser. I mean, the guy's a freak athlete. So very fun to watch play basketball. Very fun to watch compete. Uh, a really sad ending to his track and field career because he was he was truly in the mix to be a five or even six time state champion at the Class B level. And the all class hurdles mark was certainly within his range. If he would have replicated that six foot ten high jump record, he would have set the Class B record in that. I mean, he had top three marks in the entire state of Montana, all class, in multiple different events. So uh, an outstanding career that came sort of to a fizzling end, but now has a resurgence as Noah Borchard heads to Colorado run for the Colorado Buffs. Speaking of Class B guys, one of the great Class B guys ever, Blaine McElmurray, grew up in Troy, Montana. 
He rose up to become an All-American safety for the Grizz. He knows exactly how much a small-town Montana kid can achieve through hard work. And McElmurray has used those values in his work with McElmurray Homes. McElmurray Homes is Missoula's highest quality custom residential construction company. Since 2003, McElmurray Homes has helped contract and subcontract some of the Garden City's finest homes. McElmurray Homes is committed to offering quality customer service, quality products, and the best prices throughout any project. And McElmurray Homes proud to support local high school athletes from around the state of Montana. Thanks to watch for Blade McElmurray and Palmer's Drug for sponsoring our senior spotlight. What does Sean think of name, image, and likeness, and what was it like watching some of the biggest faces in sports play golf in the state of Montana? Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio on 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Into the thick of it! To, Tommy. This is the number one trending song on TikTok <laughs> right now, Coulter. And I thought Sean would know it because he's got kids. It's Backyardigans. And, you know, we got to get you well-versed in pop culture. No, Sean's a good dad. He doesn't let his kids on TikTok. Sean, is this true? They're too no, young. No, my kids do not have TikTok. They're I, too young. I have, I feel like I've heard this song before, though. <laughs> Are you on TikTok? No. Dude, let's get you a TikTok. I'll watch The Departed. It's a fair trade-off. No, I'm oh, not doing man. a TikTok. No. <laughs> Twitter Twitter is enough social media for me. Speaking yeah. of TikTok, it's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey joining me. He's from SWX Montana. The big news in all of the sporting world, and particularly in college sports, which directly affects uh, both Sean and my job so directly because we do so much uh, with the Big Sky Conference and the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. Name, image, and likeness. It's a free-for-all. It's only been a week, and it's already a free-for-all. That's why I say, speaking of TikTok, we got girls, uh, women's softball players, women's soccer players that are monetizing their TikTok, their Cameo. I've never heard of this app, but there's this Cameo app. $50 per post they're getting, and... These athletes are on it all day, every day. So it's just a great way to just churn money, basically. And, we, you know, Spencer Rattler has a bunch of uh, big deals going on. This all came to fruition, too. I was up at Flathead Lake this weekend. And I was reading the New Sports Illustrated, and they have an article all about the rise of eSports and the phase team. These guys have been call, professional Call of Duty players, basically, streaming on YouTube for 10 years. And now their company's grown so large that they're starting to get athletes, basically, as participants and endorsers. Ben Simmons is a partial owner of this thing. Uh, Josh Hart, guys that are in the NBA, and now they have Kyler Murray, uh, LeBron James' son, Bronny James. These guys are, are part of the team. It's become like this gigantic influencer thing. So basically what I'm getting at is that the world as we know it when it comes to sports is under a massive and rapid change. 
So what do you think of this name, image, and likeness? Because it seems as if everybody has a different take on this, all of which are valid. I think that what was currently constructed with the NCAA basically not allowing anything and being able to use these kids to profit only for themselves yep. was was wrong. Like, that system was wrong. Sure. But now we're, we're in this, like, total free-for-all setup, and I just, uh, I don't know how it's going to work out. Because, like, I just feel like so much of the concentration is just going to be about making money rather than just using your platform and your likeness as a, you know, as a benefit when things pop up, you know, like it's, it's one thing to just be like, Oh yeah. Like I, I, you know, I'm famous. I can just be like, Hey, after the game, I'm going to this burger joint. I'm going to tweet out a picture of the burger. They're going to give it to me for free. Like whatnot. It's a different thing when you're just like constantly going to be like, you know, searching for endorsement deals and doing this and doing that and on social media constantly because you're going to get paid from so many people to make so many. It's just I feel like it can get it's going to get a little bit distracting. Oh, yeah. Um, I also feel like it is. And I was talking to we've been doing this, you know, teed up golf series yep. and I've been having some, you know, Grizz athletes on. Charles latest one with uh, Kendall Manuel, Mac Anderson and Lionel Martin Jr. is up on all of the various platforms, but it's very good, very entertaining. Yeah. One. And, and I just shot one with, you know, Sammy Kim and Gabe Sulcer. Nice. And, uh, you know, Sammy Kim, like he tweeted out like a uh, like a sponsored tweet, you know, and um, might use a Skyline Sports picture on there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just it's I think it's it's going to there's going to be. Whenever money's involved, things are going to get ugly at some point, you know? And I, I think it's going to just going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out, how, like, there's going to be interesting locker room dynamics. Oh, man. Like, imagine, like, especially, like, a basketball team when there's only, like, 10 of you. Like, if there's only one dude that's, like, getting all the endorsements or one gal and, like, there's going to, it's going to, there's going to be issues. Here's the thing, though. This is where the old guard has it all wrong. There's all this talk about how only the best athletes are going to get this. Wrong. Fully wrong. Your performance is not going to affect your monetization whatsoever. If you know how to sell yourself and you know how to be quote-unquote cool online, it literally doesn't matter what you do. If you're the quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes and you've got somebody to take you out on a nice boat after the game and you've got some, you know, good-looking co-eds to ride along with you and you got a TikTok channel, you're going to make money off that. doesn't matter if you throw five picks earlier in the afternoon. If you know how to be a – if you know how to be uh, – an influencer, so to speak, you are going to have a platform. And I don't think that performance will matter whatsoever. I think that personality, marketability, branding, your ability to sell yourself, all those things. I was thinking about this from a Montana level. On one hand, you might say, well, what sort of exposure can Grizz athletes really provide for businesses? What's that actually worth? And when you're talking about like in Missoula and stuff like that, I think that there's some opportunities there. But you talk about kids that come from tiny towns like Huntley Project or Glendive or Malta or whatever. Why wouldn't that kid just go home to all the local business owners and say, hey, you know, I'll endorse you on my social media channels, which are surely bigger than almost any social media channel any of those businesses might have. If you just, you know, throw me a couple hundred bucks, everybody pull it together, give me some money. Well, I'll be the official spokesman of Malta. You mentioned the, the unfair profit uh, for universities and, and maybe the exploitative factor of that. So much of that is about the power five level. You and I both know, uh, have worked closely with University of Montana and Montana State over the last decade plus, that these schools generate a lot of revenue 
via football and men's basketball, they do not generate a profit. The, that money is used for the overall budget of the athletic department and supports a ton of other sports. But it's not as if there's all this extra money that's going into people's pockets. It's not like at Alabama or Tennessee or Florida where you have 47 strength coaches on the roster all making hundred grand because you got to get rid of the money. Nobody is overpaid at the University of Montana or Montana State. I think that you could argue that almost every person is underpaid. So I wonder how does this affect that too because if the players are taking marketing dollars from a community that doesn't have very many marketing dollars, how does it directly affect the university? Well, that's the thing. Like, If you're a business and you're like, I'm going to designate $50,000 that we will right. use in marketing that we give to the university, well, what's them to be like, okay, now we're only going to give 30 and then we're going to designate 20 right. to athletes. I, right. think, I think the workaround there for the universities, because every school can make their own rules sure. as far as how, what the players do and how they right. use, is they can put in rules and contingents that they can only promote partners with people that are partners with the university. Right. And so if you do it that way, then the university can be like, hey, it almost makes it more exclusive to be a partner with the university right. because, hey, you have to be, you have to give us money in order for our athletes to promote your business. So it can almost help the university in that sense. It, it, would, it would help the university for sure. I do think there is going to be regulations like that. They're going to be necessary for this thing to not go completely off the rails. That said... I think the more uh, the more structure that a university has and the athletic department has could be detrimental in recruiting because now other schools can come to the, the athletes and say, hey, we don't have restrictions where you have to be partners with the school. You can just endorse whatever you want. So I just, I don't know. This is going to be ever evolving. This is going to be, I mean, this is the tipping point to changing college athletics forever. And I have no idea if it's a good, I, I think that there's a lot of good I think there's great opportunities for young people to to learn about marketing and you know branding, just being an entrepreneur. That's all good, but I, you just wonder what it's going to do to uh, non the non Floridas of the world, yeah. the non Washingtons. Well, I'm, of the world. and I'm curious how like a, a Montana and Montana State will obviously kind of like spin this when it comes to recruiting because within the Big Sky Conference, it'll certainly help because sure. if you're like on the fence between Portland State or Idaho State and Montana, and they're in a recruiting battle, you're like, well, why wouldn't you go to Montana or Montana State? Because they, you have this passionate fan base, you're going to get so much more exposure and yep. opportunities to make money like yep. this. But also, if they're in between with a guy like that's like a Pac-12 in a Montana, does that hurt them? Or are they able to be like, hey, you're going to make more money if you come to Montana and are a star and sure. are really good rather than like some no-name that is going to be, you know, like a potential backup yep. at a, a small school that nobody will know. Like, you might be able to make more money out of Montana if, if you can get those tweeners. Or are those guys going to think, like, oh, I have to go to the biggest place in order to try and make the most money? It's going to be interesting to see, like, how that works out, you know, in recruiting. And a lot of it, we, we won't actually know or see how it plays out. But these, the coaches and stuff definitely are, uh, you know, are going to, and it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that all works. Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. The, there's certain to be regulations. The University of Montana has already released their rules. Uh, I hate going through stuff like that on the radio. Sean put it on Twitter. You can read it. I'll, I'll retweet it, all that stuff. It's boring talk radio, so we're not going to do that. But they do have regulations. I think that will be widespread amongst college athletic departments. 
I also think that I think Congress was is going to step in on this. John Tester has already talked about it. Um, Steve Daines has already talked about it. I, I think that Congress will step in for some broad parameters here, but I guarantee you there'll be some rogue teams that try to go outside of the mold and just have no parameters. Like right now, one of the main things that University of Montana athletes can endorse is, is alcohol and tobacco. That seems normal. Seems, you know, half these guys are minors anyways, can't even legally drink. So that seems standard. But I guarantee you there'll be a school that says you can endorse whatever you want. And it'll be used as a recruiting tool until they're regulated. So uh, a lot to hash out here. It's going to continue to evolve. Well, and the big thing, though, is until two years, two years from now, there's a state law. That will, right. go, that will go into effect where it's not in the school's control. Right. right now, it is solely based. Montana, Montana State are solely making all of the rules. There is going right. to be a blanket state of Montana law that right. will go into effect. I think it's like June 1 or July 1 of 2023. Sure. Um, and then that will be the law that everybody will follow. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be very interesting because, like, everything, though, that, that when these players, like, have a potential deal, they still go through the university, get it approved as far as like certain things that they can do. Like, can they use, can they wear a Grizz polo? Can they right. represent, can they say University of Montana wide receiver? The university has all the rights to that. So they can say no. Totally. Well, that's the other thing to understand. Like, if you're a corporate sponsor uh, with, the, with Grizz football or Bobcat football, for example, that comes with part of what you're paying for is licensing. Mm-hmm. You get to then use the logo. You get to say the official truck dealership of the Grizz or you know the official bank of of Montana State or whatever. But it comes with licensing. So I wonder that's going to be the other interesting part is do the individual have to become licensed? If he does, what's it cost? If he doesn't, how can he go outside the parameters? Because you still can market your own name. I think you could market. You could be creative in the way that you say what you do without saying. Grizz wide receiver or Bobcat running back. There's just a lot here, man. We're going to see. We, we, we saw over the last 10, 15 years, maybe 25 years even, all the way back to the mid-90s, we saw the rise of, like, quote-unquote handlers, guys that were liaisons from shoe companies that were then assistant basketball coaches or, or head coaches for AAU programs that were then brokering players from the shoe-sponsored AAU team to then colleges to then the pros. And it was this pipeline. And if you connect the dots, most of the big shoe sponsor guys have been with their company since they were in high school in, a, in some form or fashion. But that, that handler role, that guy who gets you from AAU to Kentucky to the Brooklyn Nets, we're going to have handlers now in across college sports. If I was a sports agent, I'm ditching all of my uh, – Perspective coaches and things like that because those guys all they're going to do is get fired. <laughs> I'm going after. I'm trying to get liaisons to be ad- advisors for these kids. Oh well, now that there's money to be made oh, yeah. by these kids, there's going to be adults that are going to be like, I can profit off this in some form or fashion. So I'm going to do whatever I can to get my chunk of the pie. That's why. Hey, whenever you throw in money, man, it's going to get messy. Yep. I played golf on Friday with a guy who is a sports agent, and he was going all in, and I asked him, what is your number one target right now? He said, college golfers. Because he said, it doesn't matter what their brand name is. It's on the Golf Channel, and golf is the most visual of the advertisement-based sports because you can get a different logo on the hat, on the shirt, on the belt, on the pants, on the ball, the shoes, the clubs. This guy's getting endorsement deals across the the, the whole spectrum. Even if you, no one knows his name, 
It's just like the PGA. Every guy is sponsored because you're on TV for so long. So I thought that was interesting. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. I want to talk about the match, but we're going to take a break real quick because we have some trivia for you. In about three minutes, we're going to want you to call 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Wing it Wednesday. We got four trivia questions for you. You just got to get two right. If you do, we got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you, the Desperado, the best wings in the city of Missoula, a great place to watch all the action when it comes to Major League Baseball, the Stanley Cup Finals, NBA, whatever you're in the mood for. Wing it Wednesday. Trivia for you, the listener, right after this. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. I thought only people that got stuck at Woodstock like Jimi Hendrix. I don't know, man. Maybe he's all right. <laughs> uh, I love it. Tommy Evans on the controls. Coulter Nuana is on the mic. Sean Rainey sitting in studio. It's Northwest Motorsports Studio. Proud sponsor of Nuana is now. Northwest Motorsport has the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Located in uh, Missoula, Stevens and Mount. Go check them out. You can also visit nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. It's time now for a Wing of Wednesday. This is where we give away a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Desperado's got the best wings in the city of Missoula. Voted on by you, the Missoula wing-consuming public, year after year after year after year. And uh, they are delicious. So we are excited to give them away as we do each and every week. Wing Wednesday sort of had an evolving um, procedure here on Nuanas now, but we're back to asking the great listeners of this show trivia questions, at least most of the time. So that's what we're going to do today. I have four trivia questions, three on NBA Finals history, and then one on Major League Baseball. We're going to go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in Bill. He'll be our trivia answering expert. And Bill, if you get two of these right, I got a dozen wings the Desperado for you. If you uh, need a help, if you need a lifeline, Sean Rainey's here in studio with me, so he'll be your helper. Are you ready for some NBA and Major League Baseball trivia? I'm ready. Boy, right. some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me one wingy. All right, Bill, number one, these are historical questions, and it's okay. If you don't know, don't answer, and we'll move on and let you circle back around as well. So, number one, when was the last time the Milwaukee Bucks played in the NBA Finals previous to this year? I'll give you a hint. 
It was the season, bef- the last season that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson played together. Oscar Robertson retired after this season, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was traded to the Lakers the following season. So, uh, this was when he was still Lou Alcindor. So what year did the Milwaukee Bucks last play in the NBA Finals? I want to circle back to that one. I know I just read that recently. It's like the early 70s, but I don't remember what you exactly. Can you circle back? Yes, we certainly can. What was the last time the Bucks won the finals? It was three years prior to the last time they played in the finals, and it was, certainly was in the early 1970s. Let's circle back to that one, too. Okay, sounds good. Question number three. How many times the, the Phoenix Suns are in the finals for the first time since 1993, but this is how many finals appearances have the Phoenix Suns made? Two. They've actually made three. The Phoenix Suns were in the 1976 finals as well, the year of the NBA-ABA merger. That's okay, though. That's okay. Uh, You still have three more questions to to get. You still have a lifeline left. So we're going to switch out of basketball for a second. We're going to get to baseball. Two players hit their 27th home runs of the season earlier this week, giving each of them 27 home runs before the All-Star break at the age of 22 years old or younger. These two guys joined Johnny Bench and Alex Rodriguez as the only four players to hit 27 or more home runs before the All-Star break. Johnny Bench still the record for a 22-year-old or younger. He had 28 before the All-Star break in 1970. Can you name one of the two players that has tied now for the most home runs by a 22-year-old or younger before the All-Star break? Showtime. Shohei Otani. I'm going to let Rainey help you out on this one because Otani does have 31 home runs, but he's not younger than 22 years old. I'm looking for two oh. other guys. Oh, I thought he was. I'm looking for two other guys that are very oh, young, both 22 or younger. Well, I bet it's Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. is one? Yeah. Yep, and I'll let Sean help you out on the other one because I know he knows the answer. Another junior, Fernando Tatis Jr., just hit his 27th. Very good. All right. Thanks. All right, Bill, you got one in the books. Now... We're circle gonna, back, circle back to the second question. We're going to circle back to the second question <laughs> because so the second question was when the last time I'm we, terrible with years. Yeah, so am I. Well, but I know, I, I know, the, I know this one. And Coulter gave away a hint. So he said the last time the Bucks won the finals, that was one of the questions. But he said it was three years before their last appearance. That's, so ex- I, that's exactly right. right. That's so exactly I know. Right. So I know the answer to when they last won it. Okay. I did not know. Their last appearance, but with simple math, I think we can get both of these questions down. That's exactly right. I think okay. we can add three to it. Yep. Yeah, yes. let's, let's. So, so I'll, I'll ask the second question again. When was the last time the Bucks won the NBA Finals? My hint that I had in the notes was it was Lou Alcindor's second year in the league. So Sean can help you on this yep. one. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll ask for help on that yeah, one. I, just, I, for heard, sure. I heard this one on the broadcast. So seventy-one. That's that's correct. Fifty years ago. So 1971 is the answer. So then, by deduction, three years later would be what? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 1974. That is right. So the Milwaukee Bucks last play in the NBA Finals, 1974. Hey, little fan in the background. Got a little Oscar Robertson's last season with Milwaukee. The Bucks played in the finals for the uh, second to last time. Now this year, the, the most recent time. But 1974 for the last time they played. 1971, the last time they won. The Phoenix Suns, three finals appearances, 1976, 1993, and this year. Bill, congratulations. You are now the proud owner of a gift card to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for free wings. Thanks so much for calling in, my man. Appreciate it, and enjoy yourself some wings. Sweet. Thank you very much.
Wing Wednesday is presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Despo has the greatest wings in town. Also have great beer selection. It's a great place to watch a game, whether you're watching the NBA Finals, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and everything in between. So head on down to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. One last thought, Sean, as we put uh, hour one to bed here, here on Nuanas Now. We interviewed Noah Bochard from Huntley Project, and you asked him a good question about Huntley and why they produce uh, such great athletes, even though they're a small school. It's a Class B school. And I thought he had a great answer, but it is worth hashing out that you know, he mentioned the coaches, the strength coaches, the fact that kids come from rural backgrounds. But Huntley has one of the most unique positions in all of high school sports in Montana, in my opinion. It's located only about 20 minutes outside of, 20, 25 minutes outside of the largest city in Montana. So a lot of times in youth sports, you're going to be playing against higher levels of competition. You're going to be playing against more kids. But it's also very rural because it's where all the ranchers and all the farms are at in that in the in Yellowstone County outside of buildings. Well, then you also have great facilities. Some of those parents have put a lot of money into the school, so they have a great track. They have a great weight room. And so then that's also attracted a lot of great coaches, but they are one of the only Class B schools that I know that has a, a full, real strength and conditioning program. I think that's why you see all these great athletes that are coming out of Huntley. So that's an interesting dynamic. I think Class B is one of the most interesting levels of, of um, high schools to analyze in Montana because you have like the Loyolas of the world, which is a private school, so that's why they play in Class B, but this is in the heart of Missoula, so they have a lot of resources that are higher level. But then on the other hand, you have all these schools that are in rural areas where you just have such great sports cultures like Malta and, and you know, um, Glasgow and some of these other Class B towns. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting dynamic. Which is what why it makes for when you're getting those schools that go against each other with their rivalries, it makes it a little extra fun, a little extra juicy. When you get like a Loyola and a Florence that's together, right, right. you know, there's like a, there's that different kind of dynamic going on. I mean, that's Anaconda Loyola has always been a great rivalry too because you got like the smelter town, the mining town in Anaconda and then you got like the what they think are like the prep, preppy rich kids. Well, that's you what know, used to be like kids, Anaconda right? wasn't Anaconda Butte Central kind of Big a, time. A th- you know what I mean? Because it was just uh, they're the same classification at the time but a uh, little bit different dynamics. One of the most entertaining un- unintentionally entertaining things I have ever watched is when the Anaconda school board and the Butte Central Athletic Department people were exploring the possibility of a co-op. And some of the statements remember this. that yeah. some of the older residents, particularly of Anaconda, but also of Butte, would give <laughs> just about their their full-on resistance to going co-op. They're, you know, I mean, this is like a holy war that goes back for a, a century. So some of the old-timers, their comments were just too good. They were so funny. Well, I remember going out and doing stories on Flint Creek. And right. their football team was really, really good. But when Drummond and Phillipsburg co-op, like a lot of the, you know, the parents of a lot of these kids played against each other and the schools did not like each other and the towns necessarily did not like each other. And so I remember talking to, you know, Coach Cutler in the very beginning and he said, oh yeah, the first like season or two, all the parents would show up to the game and like half, all the Phillipsburg parents would be sitting in one side, all the Drummond parents would be sitting in another side. And then he said, over the years, everyone just started mingling together, and now it's kind of brought the two towns together, and all the parents now sit together, and it's it's completely mixed. But like in the very beginning, it was like completely separate and just like For a very sure. awkward kind of weird situation. I mean, 
Highwood and Geraldine were two of the great Class C towns in Montana. And they had arguably the greatest Class C football rivalry in the state. And then because of dwindling numbers, they had to co-op. Their name is ironically the rivals. <laughs> but I'm sure that the dynamic was exactly the same when it first started out. So one of the things that makes Montana great, how much pride so many people have in their hometowns. Our one in the books here on Nuanas now. Our two coming at you. Sean Heron, new strength coach for the Montana State Bobcats, will join us next on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 